Hello everyone, you're listening to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your kinetic fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Greg Bullman. It's free on beating for the Blues as they pick up a deserved draw at Lincoln City last weekend. But did the poor refereeing decision cost us all three points? We look back on the game at Sinsall Bank before looking ahead to a huge fixture this weekend against Derby County at Brunton Park. Yeah, the, 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 these are the kind of fixtures we've been waiting for, aren't they, Greg? You know, we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's got that feel of... Do you remember when we played Leeds that time and we beat them yeah. the first time? It feels like that. I, I'm, I can't wait for this weekend, but it feels like it's been ages since I've been at Brunton Park because I was, I was on holiday when we played Shrewsbury, so yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, so you, you haven't seen a winning league one since uh, 2014 still, haven't you? Technically, um, I think. N- no, te- not technically, although yeah. the bar I was in in... Um, uh, when I was in Los Gigantes in Tenerife, did have it on, so I did. I did get to watch the game uh, when we were out in Shrewsbury. But uh, when we played Shrewsbury, sorry, but yeah, yeah. Technically, I haven't, I haven't seen us win in the flesh for a while. Yeah, so you didn't get a chance to give uh, Morgan Feeney some stick, did you? <laughs> no, no, Sally. But I've heard you all done very well. So well done. Yes, <laughs> thank you very much. You're very welcome. Very welcome. <laughs> right, we've got uh, plenty to cover this week. We've got all the usual stuff, but we've also got the um, a little. So we're going to be covering the. Draw at Lincoln, the looking ahead to the Derby game. But first up, uh, as usual, I've got to mention our sponsors, the Kylie Knight Sports Club London Branch. They've uh, they've got members all over the world. They do fantastic stuff for the for the club. There, you can you can join them wherever you live. If you live in I don't know, if you live in Curragh, you can join them. If you live in uh, I don't know Whitby, if you can join them. If you live in Lanfair, Pretty Willie, you've got you know the the big long place in Wales. You could join them anywhere else you want to name that you could. Jo- Where were you on holiday again, Greg? Because you can join them if you live there, can't you? I was in Los Gigantes in uh, Tenerife. Can you join if you're in Jacksonville? You can join if you're in Jacksonville, yes. Oh, you can. wow. Oh, wow. So we may maybe have some new members coming from there soon. You never know. You never know. <laughs> yeah, the old Jacksonville Jaguars all getting involved as well. There you go. So, yeah, the London Watch has been fantastic. Their sport was over the last few seasons. They're doing it again this year. Um, you can find out about them on the website, carlalondonbunch.org, um, or you should grab one of the guys at one of the away games selling Hit the Bar, and they'll, they'll tell you all about it. So, there you go. Right, before we get going, we have got a question from Mike this week, uh, Greg. So, okay. here's Mike's question of the week. 2016 was the last time we played Derby County and it was 1-1 in the League Cup followed by a 14-13 defeat on penalties. Now, which three players missed a penalty for us that night? Ooh, that's a good question, that. For what year was that, 2016? 2016, yes, it was the start of that season. It was... was, I have a feeling... The Luke what, Joyce might have missed one. What was the game? It was, it was League Cup. League Cup first round against Derby. Oh, right, right. It was a, one of the hottest games I've ever been at. Bear in mind, it was a midweek. I was, it was 25 degrees at 10 o'clock at night. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Um, ooh. And my mind's going to blank. And my mind's going to blank because all I can think of is that penalty shootout when... Um, we played, I think it was Tranmere, and I've yes. got that going through yeah. my head. I know, that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, this one's that, even longer. Yeah, yeah, oh my word. I, I, I have a feeling, I want to say Mike Jones and Luke Joyce maybe this one, and 
We'll have a little think. We'll have to come back to it because uh, we'll come back to it at the start of the second half. But uh, we'll get into the start of this week's show. So um, news-wise, the only real bit of news is that the reserves were well beaten in midweek, weren't they, Greg? Yeah. 5-1 at Middlesbrough. Um, but looking at the 11 that played, I mean, there's only Ellis Whelan, Robinson, McCalment, Charters, Edmondson and Butterworth for the first team players. And even some of them are quite young players, aren't they? There's a lot of youth yeah. team players really there. So it's it's not probably so much of a surprise because it's not as strong a reserve team as we've had in some of the recent games. So 5-1 defeat. Uh, Butterworth did get a goal, which I think is his first goal he scored for us in neither first team or reserve games. So uh, nice for him to get off the mark. But um, yeah, a little bit disappointing for that midweek feed. But it's all about fitness as well, isn't it? Keeping their, their totally. speed for these upcoming games. Totally. So before we go on to review the Lincoln game, Greg, I want to talk to you a little bit about the, uh, the Piatics and um, the stuff that's coming up this weekend. Because, of course, you, you've been away. Um, you, yeah. We get you on every now and then. And, you, you know, you, you're, you're a Carl fan with a different opinion to us as well. You know, that's what we want to hear. And it, you know, they're going to be uh, meeting the fans on Sunday. It's almost sold out from what I'm gathering in terms of uh, kiosk members getting the tickets. I know you're going. Yeah. I'm going to be watching on the stream. Um, what's your thoughts on the statement that came out uh, last week? So, what, what do you think about that? Um, there's a lot of buzzwords. Um, there's not a lot of detail in terms of what the plans are, but I'm I'm not concerned about that because I feel um, I feel reassured that they're just quietly going about the business. They're doing the, the due diligence. They're doing their, they're going to the games and keeping a low profile. They're, they're going around the city getting a flavour for it. So I, and I feel like when uh, I read somewhere this week that they're going to meet the staff this week and then they're meeting. Um, they're meeting the members on Sunday, so I feel like it's just a gradual thing. I think once we've got Sunday out the way, with um, it might ramp up a little bit, and then we'll we'll see what happens then. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. In terms of taking your time over as well, it's not. It doesn't feel like a rush takeover, does it? It feels like no. they really fought this through. Because I mean, they've clearly been talking since probably May, probably even before that, haven't they? Really, when you think about it. So yeah, there's a lot of thought being put into this. Um, like you said, not a huge amount of deal there, but I'm guessing we're going to get that on Sunday. At the yeah. meeting, um, yeah, and I, I suppose the big concern still is that debt, though, isn't it? That's the thing that stands out in that statement. It, it is, it is the big concern. But um, the statement that followed said that there's going to be a vote, so there's something else is going to come. So I don't know what that vote is. We'll, we'll maybe know a little bit more on on Sunday what what the vote is, and that might be that might be the, the the thing that resolves it. Who knows? We'll we'll find out a bit more soon. But they wouldn't be doing all of this if they didn't think there was a resolution to it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's I the way I look at it. So yeah, I know a lot of fans are getting a bit excited and a bit or worried, you know, about you know the fact that you know there's this debt thing keeps getting mentioned. I, I think there's an element of of trying to get a good deal in terms of that debt rather than just paying it in one big whack for them to go yeah. away trying to come to some good agreement that really works for both parties. So hopefully, hopefully we'll get a resolution out. Hopefully we'll get some good news this weekend. But it's good that they're going to be over and also they're going to be at the game on Saturday as well. Yeah. So hopefully for yeah. a good game for them too. Yeah. There you go. Right, time to review the Lincoln game then, Greg. I'm doing little stings now, you see, to separate the sections. So I've just nice. got a little trumpet bit just to tell you everyone. Then we're into the match review now. So here we are. Look at it. Car- Lincoln City 1, Carl United 1. Um, seems like a point well earned, this one, doesn't it? it? It kind of feels like we're just finding our feet now. We're starting to really hold our own in this division, doesn't it? I beg to differ, mate. I think it's two points dropped. I mean, oh, okay. that, that that first half, we um, although we didn't create lots of chances, we had all the ball in a good area. And then 
we're, I'm sure you're going to come on to the referee, but um, you know, if I just feel like if we've done enough in that first half to win the game. Yeah, I, I I managed to rewatch most of the game on Sunday. I didn't. I listened to it the first half at least, anyway. And the impression I got from listening to Lummy and uh, James was that they felt like we were the better side. And you could you could hear the the home fans, couldn't you? They were happy that, and they've been. If you look at their form, they've been very good at the start of the season, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, they've been they're a good side. I mean, but then you look at all the teams we've played. We've, we've other than Fleetwood, we've played pretty much the top half. So yeah, it's it's just it just sh- I think that's what reassures me the most that we, we're doing okay when you look at where those teams are that we've played against. Because my worry going into the season, I mean, I I said on here nineteenth, and my worry was the fans are getting carried away. They're saying twelfth. 10th, 8th, I think, like, come on, let's have a little bit of realism. There's all right with optimism, but what happens if it goes wrong? And fair enough, we're not in them positions where everyone was shouting in the league, but, you know, nobody's shouting no Simo out or anything stupid like that. So um, I just think we're just, we're slowly on a, on that gradual, and I think we're just we're just getting better and better. The players are getting a little bit fitter. They get to know, they're getting to know each other a lot more. Um, so, no, it's all encouraging for me at the minute. And there's still one or two players in there who were excellent last season who haven't quite hit the same levels yet, and they're just gradually getting there. We'll talk about them in a minute, obviously. Yeah. But um, in terms of the lineup when it was announced before, and just one change from the two-two draw at Stevenage, and that was uh, Joshua Coyote dropping out due to injury. Let, I mean, we'll talk about this later. What's the fact though? Should we talk about it now? This is a huge blow, isn't it? He's out for 12 weeks with a shoulder injury that wasn't even picked up in the Stevenage game. It was picked up in the Accrington game, wasn't it? In the Peter Trophy. Yeah. Just frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, I just... Is he injury prone? I don't know. It's just, I, I, I think, has he been unlucky over these last couple of years since he was with us? I think... I think if you're going to be seen as injury prone, it's where you're basically picking up constant muscle injuries on knee injuries. I think Jamie Devitt... I think anyone would say is injury prone for the injuries he's picking up. I think the problem Coyote has had with his knee last year. So right. to then dislocate your shoulder and not know you've done it until like a week later, pretty much is just, that's just rotten luck, I think. To yeah. be honest. And, but to have him out for 12 weeks, I mean, Edmondson had the same injury last year and he got back after 10 weeks. So hopefully maybe at the start of December he'll be back, but it, it's it's not ideal, is it really, in the circumstances? No. But it does hand an opportunity to other players. Yeah. And Luke Plange has been given that opportunity. He's the one who's been called back into the starting eleven. Simo clearly been impressive and sees something in him. And um and he he produced the goods, didn't he? Well let's get into the match action now. And yeah. um the first real big chance of the game was the goal, wasn't it? And is it Luke Plange's goal? I think it is. I think the touch he gets on it puts the shot on target, but the deflection of the defender takes it past the keeper. I would have went for Plange straight away. It was when I seen it first time. I thought that's Plange. I didn't even cross my mind. Own goal deflection. Um, so no, I think he can have that one. Yeah. And he's got a good gif as well. I quite liked his gif. Well yeah, done. It is, yeah, it is LP celebration. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, that's very, very good. good. Better than uh, some some players who just do the standard fist pump or something. Yeah, come on. Yeah, bit of originality. Good lad. Good lad. Um, yeah. Free kick in from from the right. It was a low sort of. Was it miss hit? Do you think, or do you think he meant to do that? It's, it's kind of hard to tell, isn't it? It's a, it's no, a it, now Mox, Mox does put a few balls in, and he hits them in that like mid range area. I'm thinking the first. I'm just the first. I'm just seeing the goal now. We had. Do you remember when he put that corner in against Bala last season, and how low 
Dennis went to flick that ball like over yes. at the back. Yes, you're yeah. Right. So, so at, you know, it's, it's in his locker to put these balls in. They don't all have to be these big, long, looping no, balls. Good. So, I think, I think, you know, I think it was a, a planned routine. Good little run by Plange as well, wasn't it, to lose his defender and get in just before him to flick the ball in. So yep. Nice to see. And obviously, scoring against his former club as well must have been quite pleasing because he didn't have a good time there last year, I think it's fair to say. Yep. Um, then on to the, the rest of this, the first half. We had a few chances ourselves. They didn't really come up in the extended highlights when I was watching through them. But I think it's like the, the, the two key chances, other than what we'll talk about in a minute, the penalty shout, uh, came to... Uh, Lincoln, uh, Burroughs first have a sort of cutting in from the left had a low shot that was well held by Anderson and then uh, Alistair Smith, the lad they signed from Sutton in the summer, he had a left foot shot from 25 yards that Anderson does really well actually to palm behind because it's really well struck isn't it, it's similar to, yeah. the, to the goal in the second half but really good save from Anderson and then there's the penalty shot, well let, let's just get straight into this, it's a penalty isn't it definitely, definitely. I, I can't get why it's not been given can you? No, I can't see any reason why it wouldn't. Um, first time I've seen it, apparently, um, flabbergasted, but yeah. It's, it's one of those ones where um, I, I think, having seen from the pitch side angle, I do wonder if the referee's view is slightly obscured and he can't quite tell if it's in the box or whether he's, you know, it's just coming together. But the linesman has got a clear view of it. He can see it. So how yeah. is he not giving it? That, that's, that's, he, he gave a few odd decisions in the game, though, the linesman. I wasn't particularly impressed with him. But how, yeah. how many linesmen do you see, though, who wait for the referee to point one direction and then they wave the flag? So, you know, some sometimes do... I think they're there just so, for, for sure. Wait, some referees do prefer that, don't they? They say to the linesman, I will take charge of the decision. Unless it's one I'm not sure about, I'm the one who decides, basically. So waiting for my signal almost, so... Which is ridiculous. It, it should be the person who's nearest. He's, you know, and that's the area that the linesman should be because it, it's his part. Because yep. referees actually follow the pitch in diagonals. People don't realise this. If you watch a, a heat map of a referee, they will cover the quarters of the pitch where the linesmen aren't, basically, as much as possible. So the linesman is really in control of the area. He should be spotting that. And, it, and it's it's not a coming together. He's basically no. took the lad out. That, that's what's happened. So it's it, it's a ridiculous decision. If he gives that and we score the penalty, we're two 0 up going into half time. We're in a comfortable position, aren't we? That was very, get out of jail for Lincoln, wasn't it? Very much so, and and but also the time of it, you know, because yeah. it's right on half time. They're going to go in with the reds down, you know. Yeah. It, it completely changes everything. Absolutely, and as we say, start of the second half, Lincoln come out a bit stronger, and um, even Hamilton gets an equaliser from it. It's a great goal, isn't it? Really, in terms of finish, there's a question of where we should close it down a bit better, but it's it's really well struck shot. It is really well struck. When I first seen it, I, I was I was ready to go in on Yockel and say you, you shouldn't be getting beat from there. But no, it's it's clean. No, it, it, it's hit it well. If, if you watch the pitch side blues clip as well, it's got a lovely bit of bend on the shot as well. It's sort of it's going towards Anderson and bends away late on. So it, it's a tough one for him, and he's done quite well the last couple of games. So he'd be frustrated to have not kept a clean sheet in this yeah. one, but. But yeah, they they got back into the game, and then you know it still had plenty of chances. Second half, though, you know, you talked about we dominated the first half in terms of possession and getting into good areas, but we had some good opportunities. Moxon had a really good one, didn't he? Where with good yeah. play down the right and back, cut it back to him, and should he be scoring there? Yes, should have scored. Should have scored. I, I, I thought it was going him. 
I think there's a couple of defenders in the way, but I think you've got to find a way around them, really, haven't you? I yeah. feel like he just sort of hit it and hoped, really. And, uh, yeah, they had a good chance where a ball was played across the six-yard box that no one got on, which that was a real get-out-of-jail for us. Uh, back headed an armour uh, cross. Um, back towards goal, didn't really get much on it, to be honest. Um, and then they had a free kick from distance that went just wide, but then Lavelle had a great chance late on, didn't he, with a set piece where yeah. he got on the end of a mox and corner. And I kind of feel like once he gets one, he might get a couple for us this season, Lavelle, but he's not quite getting the target, is he? No, but he's. I'm really starting to see the player now. He's, yeah. I think his last few matches, he's been really, really good. There was a few question marks over him in pre-season, but um, I think, no, he's a, he's a really good, solid addition. Yeah, and uh, he's, he's pretty good on the ball as well, actually. I think he's probably yeah. a little bit better on the ball than Feeney was, actually, to be honest. I no, still yeah, think, I'd agree with that. I still think Barkley's probably better on the ball. He's probably not as big and strong as, as Lavelle would be. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's, it's nice to have two players of that quality in that position, really, isn't it? In fact, three, when you throw Corey Wheel in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, all things said, um, I think we sort of kind of agree, don't we, that a good point, but... Maybe a little bit disappointing not to come away with all yeah. three because we really are starting to find our feet at this level. Yeah, I, I think so. I think we we won the first half, and I would say the second half was fairly even. If I was for being honest, so on that basis, I think we could have won it. Yeah, the thing one of the things that stands out for me that I was looking for all the stuff, Greg, is that um, uh, looking at our starting eleven, there's a remarkable amount of continuity from last season, isn't there? Because yeah. we've actually got. Seven of the starting eleven were regulars last year. I mean, there's an argument over Finn back because he, you know, he was out injured for a lot of it. Yeah, but um, it's it's quite a good thing, isn't it? Because you need sometimes these teams come up and they make wholesale changes to try and get themselves up to this level. But Simo's generally stood by what we've got, hasn't he? He has. But what I have seen of the ones who haven't really been playing as much, there is there does look like there's a big gulf at the moment. So there's still a little bit of. Uh, for them to claw back a little bit from what I've seen. But the lads that have played, they've all done really well. Um, and I'd add Joe Garner to that as doing really well as well yeah. for the impact that he's having coming off the bench. Yeah, we'll talk about him again in a minute. But um, talk about Plange. Um, as we mentioned, there's a really big opportunity for him with this Coyote injury to, to show what he's got because you kind of forget his loan's only till January, isn't it? It's not till the end of yeah. the season. So he's got a point to prove that actually I'm worth keeping here until the summer. So... Um, Nice to see him get off the mark. He, I'm still not sure he's going to score that many goals. I'm not sure he's a, so much a goal scorer, but I, I do like how much he links playing. Is it a good chance to maybe get him and Maguire a good partnership together over the next you, few weeks? Yeah, I think I think it could work. Um, I, I like I like what's going on with the centre forwards at the minute. It feels a bit like what was going on last season, where Simo would have his two and then get to the hour yeah. and then do his change, and you know. You think back, I know you're saying, oh, he's, I'm not sure if he's going to score a lot of goals. JK didn't score a lot of goals. And look how many Carlisle fans were saying, oh, I want JK to come back. You know, I, I don't think, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the end of the world. If As long as the goals are going in, I'm not bothered who scores them. But um, I do like, it feels like we've got two sets of two at the minute. And, and I like that. Yeah, and, and they look like good combos together. I mean, yeah. talk about Garner and, and, and Blady at the moment. They look a really good pairing when they come on. Um, Got to mention Callum Guy, 150th appearance for the Blues. He's he's stepped up quite comfortably, hasn't he, to League One level? I think I think he looks like he, he he's really comfortable playing this 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 tier. I would say he's been our player of the season so far. Uh, yeah. I know it's only a few matches, but he looks the part. 
Um, no, he's, he's been brilliant. He looks important to the team, doesn't he? He looks like the kind of player, you know, you look and you think, oh, sounds a weird thing because we didn't actually play that well at Oxford when Moxon was missing. But I kind of get the feeling we could maybe take Moxon out and put like McCallum and Gibson in there. But if you took Guy out, yeah. I feel like we'd struggle. I think we we haven't really got... A, maybe Dylan McKeough, I'm not sure. But, you know, it, it's... Still the fitness issues there, yeah, though, isn't it? So, yeah. issues, isn't it? Whereas, you know, Callum Guy gets kicked all over the pitch and yet yeah, he, he, he plays the full 19 pretty much every game, doesn't he? So, yeah. Fantastic uh, stuff from from Callum as as usual at the weekend, and big game for him this weekend against his former club, isn't it? Yeah, yeah massive. Out, so big test for him. Um, you mentioned Anderson before. You were like I said, you were ready to go in on him over the goal until you saw it again. You thought, actually, fair enough. You know, it's a good hit. That how impressed have you been with him over the last couple of games? How he's recovered from that Port Vale game? I have been impressed. Um, now I, I remember when I was last on here, I said that I rated Holy, and mm. and I stand by that. I still do. Um, I think that Anderson's good at the things that Holy's maybe not so good at, and vice versa. I think if you if you had a, if you had a, uh, the two of them and you merged them together, you would have an absolute world class goalkeeper. Who wouldn't but, be um, United? <laughs> no, he wouldn't. No, but um, I just yeah, he's he's getting he's getting better, um, and yeah, I think he's he's promising. You need different kind of keepers for different kind of team, teams. So last season, we were never that busy in terms of the number of chances we faced in games. So Holy's kind of the perfect keeper. That He comes and claims all the crosses. He kicks pretty well. He, he's a solid, solid keeper for that sort of thing. We're going to be a lot busy in terms of the number of chances we face this season. And I think Anderson is that little bit better keeper in terms of his shot stopping. He is a bit more agile, yeah. isn't he? He's going to get about a bit more. Yeah, his kicking I think, is going to be a little bit weaker. Yeah, I think I think Hawley's kicking's better. I think Hawley's um, claiming the crosses, which goes like unnoticed a lot of the time, just because of his height. I think I think he's better there. Um, I think positioning of the two is probably similar, um, but yeah, definitely he's a shot stopper. Um, I would say Yockel's better. Yeah, definitely. Um, got to give a mention for John Mellish because I think this is something Simmer mentioned after the game. Actually, the fact that he was really impressed with the way John is been very disciplined in the ways he's been positioning wise this season because he's not been able to bomb forward as much because we are playing against better teams but he's yeah. shown that actually he's just a good defender as well not yeah. just you know a player who gets forward isn't he he's, he's, he's yeah, no, shown that yeah he had, a, he, had a, he had another good game I think the the three of them together are starting to understand each other a lot and um, it's nice looking good uh, got, got to mention in terms of John though uh, that was his fourth booking in the league so far this season at the weekend so if you get to one more he's got one game ban which you know the, the at the end of September is not a great sign if you're getting that many no. bookings. You've got to be careful. So I was yeah. going to ask you. I was going to ask you about the bookings. We got five. We got five bookings on um, on Saturday. Do we get fined for that? No, it's six. If you get six bookings, six, you get a thousand right. pound fine. So we're one right, short. Right. So we are getting a lot more bookings this season, aren't we? I've noticed. That. Yeah. Well, well, I, I was a bit annoyed with the bookings on on Saturday because we had five. We got five yellows. The only one that got a yellow card for a foul was um, was Moxon. All the other yellow cards were all fair. You could argue, I, I don't want to say petulance because Garner was right to flip his lid about um, about with his yellow cards. Yeah. Um, but like um, Plange, Plange's was was a pointless yellow. John John was just getting involved in the, in the box as he as he like does. That. There's yeah, there's another yellow and. Um, um, Lavelle's was a, was a stupid yellow because he took he took an eternity to, to collect yeah. the ball for the throwing. You know they were they just they were just silly. Um, I just didn't think there was a need for it. Really, it looked like we were we were trying to like waste time. You know, it was a bit of like Stevenage shit or something. 
Yeah, a bit frustrating, that, isn't it? When yeah. that happens, I guess. But there you go. Um, yeah. So I mean, you mentioned about the, the back uh, three getting a good understanding there. I think it's kind of got a bit unnoticed how much Paul Huntington's slotting in as well in terms of the way he's he's playing this season. Because I, I think there was a little bit of concern in the first couple of games of, oh, you know, he's, he's looking a bit slow. He's getting caught by, you know, attackers in terms of pace. But actually, of the last four or five, he's just been so reliable, hasn't he? He's been so rock solid at the back. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's starting to to find his find his feet now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a good player, you'd expect that. Oh, I mean, totally. I'm just looking at the, uh, the whoscored.com uh Ratings for this game. So Luke Plange was our was our, well, the overall player of the match with a score of eight point zero, and Hamilton for them with seven point nine was the next best. After that, Paul Huntington seven point six cool. was the next best rating. So he's clearly had a, a decent game in that one, hasn't he? So it shows yeah. how how good he was. Um, yes. Uh, anything else we really need to cover with this? Lincoln, what what's your thoughts on them? I mean, I, I expected a bit of a tougher test, but I know they had a. But two or three attackers out injured for this game, haven't they? So maybe that's part of the reason why it wasn't quite as tough for us. I thought first half, like I said, they looked bang average. Mm. Um, probably one of the weakest teams we've played this season, like on the first half showing. They looked a little bit better second half. But like if that's the benchmark of a solid of a solid team, then there's nothing to fear in the league and I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I definitely agree. Right, uh, Chris Earl, one of our listeners, he was at the game and he sent in a 60-second review from the match. All right, Maris, it's Chris here talking about the Lincoln game. Um, overall, it was a really good point. I think it shows that we're settling into the league really well now. You know, winning the ball back, aerial duels were winning. Um, it's actually frustrating that we're not winning, you know. Um, letting that goal in just shows that we can't switch off at this level or you'll be punished. Positives are we're making more chances for ourselves. Just need to be more selective about whereabouts in the goal we're shooting for because it was going uh, the keeper far too many times. I think some of those free kicks could be on goal as well. I think we need to be taking some, be braver, take a bit more chance on that. Um, if can't talk about that game without talking about the officials though, they were absolutely terrible. Uh, the linesman like. He just didn't have a clue. The Maguire pen free kick, whether it was one or the other, it should have been something. And they were just losing the grip at the end, you know, handing out levels for nothing. Um, yellows for nothing, sorry. Lavelle ended up getting a yellow um, for time wasting, but he was trying to get the ball back from the crowd, you know, and they threw it past him. It was just absolute bonkers uh, at this level. We really need to have better officials. Overall, good point. And on to next week. There you go, Chris sent in his review, pretty uh, comprehensive and covered it there. I think he disagrees with you about Lavelle and his uh, time wasting. I think Lavelle allowed that ball to go past him. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I I, I thought he was just stupid, but uh, he he saw it differently. That's the beauty of football. It is indeed, it is indeed. Um, just before we go, and actually I, d- I did say we were going to talk about that, but yeah, got to say Garner and uh, Ablade, they're looking a really good pair coming off the bench, aren't they? Obviously, Garner's one we, we, we thought might be leaving just before the deadline, didn't we? We, we yeah. felt not been involved for a couple of games. It doesn't look look good for him. And then he's come back in, I think, since one of those reserve games he played. And him and, and Terry look... A, like, Terry's pace is frightening, isn't it, since he's come on? He looks like he could be a real fan's favourite, doesn't he? Yeah, you know, Carlisle fans, they just love people who've got pace. Anybody who's fast, Carlisle fans immediately fall in love with them. It's it's just happened right through history, and uh, and I think he'll be the same. But it, it's one of those things, isn't it? You can have pace, but you've got to 
work hard as well. And he looks like he's someone who's prepared to work hard. He, he certainly does the does the running, doesn't he? Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, I've been impressed with him. What I've seen of him. Yeah, yeah, definitely good stuff. Right before we wrap up the first half, Greg, let's have a little rundown of the uh, League One results from last weekend and the midweek fixtures as well. So, uh, starting off. Uh, Going in alphabetic order here, Barnsley 2, Burton 0. Barnsley finding their feet a little bit again now, um, although in midweek they didn't have a great result, which we'll talk about in a minute. Derby 1, Port of 1, which we'll cover in the second half. Uh, Exeter 1, Cheltenham 0. Cheltenham really having a rotten time of it, aren't they? I think we're how many games in? Eight games in now and they still haven't scored and they've sacked the manager as a result? Yeah, yeah, it's... it's... Bonky, the fact they've got one goal at least by now, but yeah. Well, there was an amazing stat someone pulled up that apparently they are the only team in the top 10 divisions of English football who have not scored a goal yet this wow. season. And I think that that's something like 1,080 teams or something like that. And one team is Cheltenham. That's a professional football team as well. Wow. It's not even like an am- you know, you sometimes get these amateur teams that are getting battered like 8 0 every week because they've got kids out playing for the team or something. I mean, it's just. We we did predict on the pod that we thought they were going to struggle this season, and I think we've been proven pretty uh, correct on that one. And yeah. I don't think it really matters who they bring in either. I think the squad just looks so weak. I think it's going to be a real long slog for them. So, frustratingly, we don't play them till the twenty third of December. Because it would be <laughs> nice to play them fairly. Although, no, wouldn't have been nice to play them soon because you know what would have happened if we'd played them soon. No oh yeah, they, they broke. Did they broke the curse that day? Yeah, hundred percent. With a one nil win, probably as well. <laughs> so well. Um. Fleetwood are not having a good time of it either. They lost 3-0 at Herbing at Oxford United. They sacked their manager recently. Lee Johnson's come in and it's not really made any difference yet, has it? It's no. going to be a tough one for them as well. Uh, obviously, we drew 1-1 at Lincoln. Uh, Peterborough won Leighton Orient. Won Leighton Orient start to find the feet a little bit, having a bit of a shaky start, but they're getting a few results now. Yeah. Port Vale won Northampton. No, they've had a ridiculous run, Port Vale. I think of like six or seven 1-0 home wins in a row. And they're right up there at the top, aren't they? I, I would not have predicted that at the start of the season, would you? Um, no, I, I thought they would maybe be around where we are in the league now. Mm. Um, the only thing, I mean, there was that player who we were rumoured to who's, to have signed in the league. Yeah, um, you know, if if they if they have got that big wage budget, then maybe they are gonna they are gonna do well. But you know, time will tell on that one. Mm. Uh, Reading to. But, sorry, Bolton won. Interesting game, this one. It was delayed uh, due to fans throwing tennis balls on the pitch in protest at their owner, who I see has been charged by the EFL again this week. Uh, that's the owner himself, not the club on this occasion. Um, good result for them, but it's going to be tough, isn't it? Because they've had more points deducted and it just, just looked one thing after another for them. Yeah, they, they seem to be... There's enough about them to stay up. I mean, yeah. they, would be, they would be higher than us... Um, regardless, and, and it looks like the manager's trying to to go down the the youth route to yeah. to, to potentially sell a player on, um, you know, in, uh, to go down that route. But um, I don't I don't know. I, I think they're going to lose more points. That's the that's the yeah. worry for them. That 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 the thing they worry that it doesn't look like that off the field situation is going to sort itself anytime soon, which is would be the big concern. They did get a good result in midweek in the Peter Trophy that we don't talk about there, didn't they? It was nine nil. I think they won at Exeter. Wow. Something I think Exeter had their kids out, I think, basically, there, so it's not really probably that much of a surprise. Uh, Shrewsbury, again, they're not having a great time of it this season. They lost 2 0 at home against Bristol Rovers. Stevenage 1 1 with Charlton. Wigan, they got back to Wigan, winning ways with a 2 1 victory over Cambridge United, who are starting to drop down the table a little bit. And Wickham, they got a 2 0 home win over Blackpool at the weekend. In the midweek fixtures, 
Portsmouth flew, flew into a 3-0 lead in this one, but then they were pegged back and it finished 3-2 in the end. So probably a little bit nervy towards the end, but good result for them in midweek. What a trip that is. Portsmouth to, Bar- to Barnsley in midweek for a rearranged game due to international call-ups. Well, Not much from that. Uh, as you mentioned, Cheltenham, they lost again in midweek. They lost 3-0 at Peterborough. And then uh, Port Vale's uh, run of the 1-0 wins came to an end because they lost 3-2 at home to Burton Albion. And that was Burton's first win of the season. They're still below us in the league, though. So yeah. that's uh, still something to take from it. So there you go. That's the uh, League One roundup. In terms of the table, um, Greg, uh, we're currently sitting in 18th position on seven points. There's a few teams below us who've got a game in hand due to, obviously, the uh, international fixtures and games being rearranged. But... Yeah, if they win all their games in hand, we do drop into the uh, into the bottom um, four. But it's nothing to worry about at this stage, really, is it? We're, we're just finding our feet now. We're on a free game on beaten run, which is the important thing, and uh, starting to slowly move up the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm not panicking. Um, I think I don't. I don't want to say the the league's in a false position, but. I'm not. I'm not worrying that um, you know we're going to go down at this moment in time. Yeah, I agree. And I think when you look at the league, I mean, I look towards the top. I don't feel like Port Vale, Stevenage, and Oxford will all be in the playoffs come the end of the season. Probably not Exeter as well. I think that the second to fifth, you could potentially see at least two of those dropping out of the top six come the end of the season. You could see Bolton being up in there, and Peterborough, and even the likes of Derby potentially. So it's still plenty to play for. Still could change quite a lot so uh, we'll have to wait and see right let's take a short break and we'll be back to preview the derby game hi it's ryan edmondson from carlisle united and you're listening to the brunson bugle I, I'll never get over when people do that. They announce where they're from when we know fine well you're from Carl United. <laughs> <laughs> Not as good as Paul Simpson from the football club, though, is it, really? That's still no. the ultimate one. Brilliant stuff. But it's, but it's also the same as when people say, hello, this is my 60-second review. You know, we, we know it's your 60-second review. I'll do it. <laughs> we've, just, we've just introduced it, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> Well, there you go. Anyway, right, into the second half. We're going to be previewing the Derby game. But before we go any further, let's uh, look at the question of the week that uh, Mike sent us in. I'll play it again just so you can remember what it was. 2016 was the last time we played Derby County, and it was 1-1 in the League Cup, followed by a 14-13 defeat on penalties. Now, which three players missed a penalty for us that night? I've just had a brainwave while listening to that, Greg. Right. Who who was that Scottish midfielder we signed that summer? Didn't play many games for us. I think he went back up to like play for Falkirk or someone. Oh, oh. I can't. Gonna, my my mind's gone blank. It's going to really do my head in now. I'm going I'm to have to. I'm looking up his name. I'm not looking up whether he played in that game. I'm just double checking because I'm. Uh, is uh, what's his name? Oh, oh, you know who I'm talking about, don't you? Um, ba, 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 ba. Was it, I was thinking of a Mal, as a Martin lad. Was, jo, Joe no. McKay. Joe McKay. That's what I'm thinking of. I think yeah. Joe McKay missed a penalty that game. Right. Um, I might be wrong, but I think he did. I want to say Luke Joyce and maybe Reggie Lamb were the ones. Okay. Okay. I'll go with that. I'm. 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 I'm struggling. Yeah, I'm struggling with it as well, to be honest. But let let let's see what the answer is. So, Mike, good question again for Mike. So let's see what the answer is. And it was Joe McKee, Jabo Abere, and Charlie Wake. 
Mm. Oh wow, the two strikers missing the penalties. I would not have I would not predicted those two to have missed, but there you go. Joe and I just I had a memory of that's one of the few things Joe McKee did for us when he played for us. <laughs> yeah. Not not one for the I mean I'm looking here at his stats, um, Greg. Joe McKee, four league appearances that season. Wow. And uh one in the League Cup and three in the trophy. So yeah, not not the most glittering Cal United career to say the least. In fact, these days Joe McKee is Playing for Peterhead in Scotland. Falkirk, Dumbarton, Queen of the South, Dumbarton again, and Peterhead. That's where he's been. So, yeah, his, his brief foray into English football uh, was very much that brief. Yeah. Um, right, uh, let's look ahead to the um, Derby County game then, Greg. First up, we've got Behind Enemy Lines. This week, I spoke to Vic Singh from the Rams Talk podcast. Um, I was on Rams Talk earlier this week, by the way, so if you go and check out their Twitter feed, you'll find the bit I did with them. Um, yeah, I had a really good chat with Vic. We talked about um, Derby County. What's happened to them over the last decade? Because they've had a, a crazy 10 years or so from being on the yeah. verge of the Premier League a couple of times to potentially going out of business and now trying to get themselves out of League One. So there's a lot to talk about that. A lot to talk about Paul Simpson, what he was like as a player there and what their hopes and ambitions are for this season. So here's the chat I had with Vic earlier today. So for this week's Behind Enemy Lions, we're talking to a fan of a club that we've not played in the league in 39 years. But if you go back far enough, over the last 12 games against them, we haven't lost. So we've got a record to keep up here, I'm afraid. Um, but I think it might be a tough one because we're against a good team. So this week we're speaking to Vic Singh from the Rams Talk podcast. Um, Vic, nice to have you on. Thank you for having me, Lee. It's nice to be on. No problem at all, no problem at all. So we'll we'll get straight into it and talk about um, Derby County. So it has been, I think it's fair to say, quite a tumultuous decade for your club. I mean, the start of the last decade, you were there and thereabouts in the playoffs for like several years. I think you missed out on the final, in the final twice, I think, in the semifinals a couple of times. But then a few years ago, things started to go wrong on and off the pitch. I know it's difficult to try and explain it as briefly as possible. Can you try and give our fans an idea of what actually happened at that point? I think it was just after Frank Lampard left, wasn't it? Yeah, so uh, obviously we lost that uh, final in 2019 against Villa. <clears throat> I call that the final of uh, Last Chance Saloon because if if uh, Villa would have lost, I think they'd have been in the position we went in mm. afterwards. Uh, yeah, so after that, uh, Mel Morris did say, uh, it was our owner at the time, he said that he's not going to pump any more money into the club. Um we're literally pretty much on our last sort of budget and last strings. Unfortunately, we ended up in administration. Um, we'd wasted a lot of money on signings, like six million on Bradley Johnson, etc. Got us to the point where our wage budget was too high. Mal Morris had thrown everything at it, but uh, because of his well lack of financial decisions or anything clear with that, he put us into administration then we obviously had the 21 points deduction in the championship Rooney was manager at the time um, galvanised us pretty well if I'm honest mm. um, so we only narrowly really missed out on the playoffs uh, playoffs said playoffs got used to being in the playoffs <laughs> for so much narrowly missed out on um, staying up uh, gave it a good go but again you know with the administration the whole club literally feels the effects of it the academy was ripped apart we weren't allowed to sign any players and then we ended up in League One Yes, yeah, so it's been a tough few years. New owners have come in. Uh, what do you think of the job they've done so far in the last uh, year or so? Oh, fantastic. It's nice to have um, a local businessman that genuinely cares about the club. Um, mm. I spoke to David Klaus last week, actually, at the Fans Forum. 
and he really he was a really honest guy. He just outlined his outlaid all his plans. He won. He said that obviously promotion is the aim this year. Um, wants to go as far as he can. Hopefully win the EFL trophy, which would be nice because we haven't won a piece of silverware not in my lifetime. <laughs> I think the last time we won something was in seventy two, so uh, seventy five. Sorry, really nice guy. Run the club really well. We seem to be. Uh, we're not, we're not chucking money at anything anymore. It's nice to see that the club's run in a uh, sustainable way. Yeah, it's one thing I actually want to look for your squad. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But it, it doesn't, although you've, understandably, you get bigger crowds, so you're going to have better players than most of the teams in our division. It doesn't look like you're, you're paying stupid amounts of money to a lot of those players. So it, it seems quite sensible the way they're doing it. But as I say there, you are a big club in League One, but we've seen in the past when we were back in League One 10 years ago that, you know, the likes of Forest, Sunderland, Leeds, Southampton, the two Sheffield clubs, once you come down, it's not easy to get out of, is it? So that first season, it must have been quite frustrating to just miss out on the playoffs. Yeah, it was. I mean, I didn't have much expectation last season just because I think we were quite low on the squad numbers. Um, however, we signed good talent, good individual players. Um I thought when Liam was Liam took over initially, I thought we'd be playing a style of football, passing move from the back. Didn't obviously work in this league. We found out very quickly. Paul won't come in um, and tried to put his stamp on the team, but again, we just couldn't play to the way he wanted us. So we ended up adopting the the four two three one, which I think we'll probably experiment with this season and probably on Sun uh, Saturday you'll see that as well. Um, Found it very tough, if I'm honest. Um, I always knew it wasn't going to be a walk in the park. It was sad to miss out on the playoffs. But then if we look at the, the calibre of teams in the League One last season, I think the three that went up probably deserved to go up, in fairness, because they were probably the three best teams in the league. But it just goes to show how competitive League One is, and nobody should really take that for granted. Absolutely. Paul Warren, so he came in having done a, a brilliant job at Rotherham over several years. Uh, mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on him as manager so far? Lovely guy. Um, other than that, I think at the moment he's still trying to work out his best sort of formation, best sort of eleven at Derby. Uh, you can you can sort of see what he's trying to do with the the back three and the wing backs. However, I just think with the personnel we've got at the minute, it's not working. Um, but he's a really nice guy. Uh, he's sort of adaptive to change. I mean, we all know he loves the back three, but we're now starting to see the back four come in which is uh, probably a relief to some Derby fans. I like him. I want him to succeed. I really do. Um, but he has divided the fan base at the moment. So it's, uh, it's, a, bit, it's a bit of a 50-50 at the minute with Paul Warren. It's one of those ones, isn't it? He's done such a good job at Rotherham, which is a undeniably smaller club than Derby. Mm-hmm. So then he's made that step up, taking a step back in terms of leagues to a league he knows well. But the pressure there is completely different, isn't it, in terms of getting Derby out of League One to Rotherham? Well, definitely. I mean, no disrespect to Rotherham, but they are a smaller club in comparison. Uh, maybe the, the pressures of going up wasn't as much on Rotherham as it was at Derby. Um, but having again, having spoke to David Klaus, he did say that promotion is obviously the aim this year, but he fully yeah. backs his manager 100%. So even if we do te- do miss out this year, I think he'll probably still be in charge next season. Um, but again... The fan base want us to go up. I think this is probably our best opportunity to go up, if I'm honest. League One, as much as it looks competitive this year, to me it feels a bit weaker with the three teams that have left. In Ipswich, Sheffield yeah. Wednesday and uh, Plymouth. So it's probably the best opportunity for us to go up. However, we'll just see what happens. I mean, League One is just as unpredictable as the Championship. 
Yeah. In terms of your summer additions that you made, uh, how pleased were you with them? I mean, there's some interesting players there. Kane Wilson was a really good player at Bristol City. I remember him. I think he was at uh, Forest Green before that as well, possibly. Mm-hmm. And Sonny Bradley from Luton's another one that stands out for me. Joe Ward actually is another one from um, from Pete. I've always really liked him as a player. What in terms of your additions have you been pleased about? Um, just the just, uh, the defensive the defensive additions. Yeah. I think we needed to be more solid because we were leaking a lot of goals last season. We now look a bit more solid defensively. Um, I was overall I was pleased. I think we were still a couple of players short, if I'm honest, of where the squad really needs to be in terms of that top two charge. I think we were a couple of strikers short and maybe maybe a winger short as well, if I'm honest. So overall, I was pleased with the new players. However, I thought we could have done a bit more, um, especially if we're looking to charge for that top two. Yeah. Looking for your squad, who are the danger men that we should be watching out for this weekend? Ooh. Uh, well, it would have been a completely different answer if you'd asked me on Wednesday. So obviously we played in the <laughs> EFL Trophy and now we've got the players. Um, Tom Barker has come back, Sibley's back from injury and they both scored on the, on Tuesday night. And uh, they both look really good. And I think they'll, they'll be in with a shout for the first team come Saturday. I'd say if they if them two start, they're our danger men. Obviously, Mendes Lang with his pace. Um, and Wagon's had a pretty good start since he's joined, rejoined Derby again. He's got five goals for us. He's our top goal scorer. Um, so I'd say they're your danger men. Wagon obviously playing up top. If uh, Barkhausen plays, he'll be on the left. Sibley in the number 10 role. And... I'd say going forward, that's a danger, man. At the back, I'd say our best defender this season so far has probably been Curtis Nelson. So he's a no-nonsense defender. He'll put his head down to everything. He'll kick that ball into Rosehead. Um, and he's just an old-fashioned centre-back that you love to see. Yeah, it's always good to have one of those in your team, isn't it? Um, in, in terms of, um, you sort of mentioned there, um, Martin Waghorn, he's one that Carl Alfonso, because I'm pretty sure he's got a few goals against us in the past for other teams, but he's a he's a good addition to have at this level, isn't he? I think in terms of a striker, he's one who's going to get you a fair few goals. I mean, we'd hope so. I mean, it's funny how he signed, because obviously he wasn't actually in part of Paul Warren's plans. It turned out the testimonial, he really impressed, and obviously he'd started mm. training with us from then. And he's been a revelation. I think maybe Martin Wagon in League One is probably his level at this moment in time. Um, I mean, I, if he carries on the form he's on at the minute, he'll, he'll easily bag 15 goals. And that could be the difference between settling a top six and a top two uh, sort of charge. Um, he'll be important for us this season because he's got that extra bit of quality that we don't necessarily have in the forward options. Um, yeah. He's got the know-how as well, the experience that he's got behind him playing in the Championship most of his career. That'll help us, especially if we're trying to make that charge up the leagues. But um, he's a good addition and I think he'll be a very important player for us this year. And your captain, Conor Hurahane, I think he might have a bit of an injury issue at the moment, it seems, remember? So he, he might not be playing? Yes, from, from what I've heard, I think he's injured. He'll miss Carlisle. He may be back in a couple of weeks. Um, again, our midfield maestro, he, the, everything that we do going forward sort of comes through him. He's our creative spark. I mean, he's our dead ball specialist as well. So free kicks and corners, were hit there. he's a lethal. Um, he won't be playing on, on Saturday. That's That's definitely confirmed. But I'm pretty confident with the options we've got to replace him as well. So obviously, if he's out, then Fornar will come in and play CDM, and we'll probably play Sib- probably play Sibley in middle as well. So that might give Sibley the chance that he's been looking for. Yeah. Um, talk about some of the former players in, of yours who are in our squad. Um, 
Luke Plunge and Callum Guy to the playing ones. Now, Callum Guy, I think, only played one game for you guys, didn't he? So you probably don't have too many memories of him. Luke Plunge broke onto the scene in that scene, season under Rooney, got his mm. move to Palace, and it's not really quite worked out for him there, has it? No, I mean, Luke Plunge is a talent. I just think maybe the move to Palace was too soon for him. I mean, I don't blame him for taking the opportunity. But I think he could have done with playing a couple of more seasons in maybe the Championship slash League One just to get a bit more experience. He's got a great finish on him. He's 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 quite quick, as you've probably seen him play for you guys. Yeah. And he's 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 got um he's definitely got a knack for goal. I just think he could have done with a bit more experience. But again, that might be that could, might come to your benefit playing in League One. Yeah, he didn't have a great time at Lincoln last season, but he's done okay for us so far. He's getting better with each game, so it wouldn't surprise me if he had a decent game on the weekend. Um, our manager as well, Paul Simpson. He's a former player of yours, former coach as well. He was assistant manager under Steve McLaren, I think, when you got to the playoff final in 2015, yeah. I think. He's he's quite a bit... Is he? Would you say he's a legend at, uh, at Derby? Or is he just a, just he's a sort of great player? Uh, for me, he's a legend. I'm slightly mm. older than some of the other lads on the pod, so um, <laughs> I remember the good days. Uh, but he was very integral to the Steve McLaren playoff promotion season when we lost to QPR in 2014, I think it was. Um, he, he was the one that would be the one shouting from the sidelines. McLaren would obviously do the tactical work, but the, the main legs behind it was Paul Simpson. I've always rated him as a coach. Obviously, he's got the is it the World Cup he won with England under. 20s 20s yeah yeah so he's got that behind him as well so you know he's a credible credible guy uh credible manager so i like him i've always liked him um like i said i'm a bit older than the other lads so they probably won't remember as much as i do but he was always a good player as well yeah um so what's your sort of hopes and expectations for this season personally then are you are you expecting a top six finish i guess Probably, I mean, when you look around, I think Bolton look like one of the teams sort of catch as well. And Wigan, if they can get themselves right up there, even that point seduction, they look like they're going to be right up there. But you must fancy yourselves to at least finish top six. I'd say if if I go by fans' expectation, top two is what most fans want. For me personally, I'd take top six uh, just because I think we just will fall short to that top two. I think there are maybe one, possibly two stronger teams than us in the league. Uh, who've got the know-how to maybe get promoted out of this league. I'd take a top six finish all day. Um, however, I think my expectations have lowered since the start of the season. I did say we'd go up as champions. Uh, what a silly prediction to make. But uh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd take top six just because I think we're just going to... Unless we sign anyone in January, I think we're a couple of players short of that top two. Uh, to be fair, I, I predicted we'd finish 12th this season and I've started to worry about that as the first few games happened, but I'm getting a little bit more confident now we've, uh, we're a few games in and finding our feet. Um, got to give a mention uh, before I do predictions um, to your fantastic away support as well. I mean, 1,500 sold out for this game. You probably could have sold more. We haven't given you more tickets, which may be a little bit harsh, but I think Simo likes to have away fans, home fans behind both goals rather than giving it to the away fans. So, I mean... It must be interesting for you guys because you're getting to see a lot of new grounds this season as well, aren't you? Really, in terms of that, I know, I know you'd rather be playing at a higher level, but you do get that little sort of almost adventure element to it, don't you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, for me, I I love the old school football ground. You don't get some of the ground you see in League One. You don't get to see in the higher leagues, which is a shame. Uh, so for me, it's been a great experience. Um, I did I did most of the away games last year, so Carlisle's a first for me this year. So I can't wait for that. Um, but there's character behind all these different clubs. It's nice to see the smaller clubs. And I'm not saying we're a big, massive club, but obviously it's nice to see the smaller clubs with the smaller fan base. Because I think football means more to them than it does to someone like 
Watford in the Championship, for example. Um, you get the real football feeling there. It's, it's two teams, two sets of fans that just really enjoy the game itself. So, League One's a great tour to be on. Um, obviously, we don't want to be here too long. Uh, but to be fair, I'm enjoying it as we're going along. To be fair, we said the same when we went down to League Two and we spent nine years. There. So, I hope for your sake, you're not not down in League <laughs> One for nine years. Um, being very generous with your time, Vic. Thank you very much. Before you go, uh, could I get a prediction for this weekend's game? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to go for a 2-1 derby win. Uh, I think it's inevitable we will concede because <laughs> we're not very good at keeping, keeping clean sheets. Uh, for goal scorers, I'll say Connor Washington and I'll back Corey Smith. I'll let's say Corey Smith's going to get an odd, odd, rare goal for us. And obviously Luke Plange will get the goal for Carlo. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, it's inevitable. inevitable. It's inevitable. Yeah. That, that or Callum guy will get one of his trademark 25-yard screams that he gets for us. Um, <laughs> Vic, thanks very much for your time and all the best for the rest of the season after this weekend's game. And you take care, guys. Yeah, big thanks once again to Vic for giving up his time to speak to us. I hope he enjoys his uh, first trip up to Brunton Park this weekend. It'll be first trip to a lot of Derby fans, won't you? You'd imagine, because yeah. some will have come up for the Cup games, but in the league, it's the first time we've played them since, I think it's February or January 1984. Wow. Which is quite remarkable, isn't it? But I saw, did you see the stat that Radio Cumbria put up? Yes. Couple of days? Yes, so, very encouraging. Uh, the last 12 league fixtures between the two sides, Derby have not won a single one of them. But we always like to we always like to bring runs to an end for teams, don't we? Really, so uh, there's yep. every chance that that will happen this weekend. But yeah, that's, that's encouraging, I guess. But I mean, some of those were back in the days when they were playing in Division Three North before they even got up to like the first division, and you know when they won the title and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's yeah, it's um, it's a game against a really big club, isn't it? It's kind of look. We sometimes say you know we're playing against bigger clubs this level, and sometimes you sort of mock them and they're oh, you're not big anymore. You don't. Like, they are like a Leeds United at this level, aren't they? They're a big club, Therefore, basically. They're, yeah. they're a massive. They're a massive team. They've got a big stadium. They've got a big following. You know, um, they they wanted more tickets, and they could have sold the waterworks out easy. Yeah. You know, um, so they are a big club. Totally, totally buy that. Do, do you agree with Simo in the in the view there that allegedly apparently he he wants home fans behind both goals rather than giving it to away fans? No, I, I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's good if. If do it as long as we're getting the numbers, you know. Yeah. Um, if, if we're hitting ten thousand this weekend, then it's justifiable. So yeah. I don't, I don't have an issue. I don't have an issue with that. Um, you know, if we if we're paying our bills and we're getting by, and, and you know, then why not do that? Yeah, and it means the paddock's less cramped, so we can get our space and no bother, doesn't it? So I get my yeah. space anyhow. I don't. <laughs> you I, you do. know, I, 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 I can, I can, I can rock up at. Two o'clock, and I can rock up at one minute to three, and I always stand in the same place. It's just like a parting when I arrive. I think it probably helps that I always go a little bit earlier and basically make. Oh yeah, you're the muscle, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, you want to you want to see him? He's just he's, he's like six foot four, brick out houses, Lee. Yeah, <laughs> not 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 quite. Um, yeah, so looking forward to this weekend's game, then, Greg. I mean, when you look through their squad, I, I said this one in the chat with Vic that. Um, it doesn't look like they're throwing huge amounts of money at it. Obviously, they're going to have more money to spend because they're a bigger club and they've got you know a bigger fan base, so they bring more money in that way and from sponsorship deals and things like that. But it, it's not like you know when Leeds United were down there when they were throwing stupid amounts of money at players and things like that. You kind of feel like okay, they've got together a decent squad here, but it looks kind of affordable. There's one or two star players in there, though, isn't there? 
Yeah, there's there's a lot of... Ni- the thing is, when I come on here, there's, I normally see loads of names and I say, oh, yeah. I, I don't recognise them. Yeah. Whereas I'm looking at loads of names there and I, and I recognise them. I'm think, I am thinking, though, you've got a lot of maybe 30, 32-year-old players when I'm thinking mm-hmm. of those names that I know. Um, but... Um, it looks it looks a good it looks a good squad on paper. Um, yeah. I would say. Yeah, I mean the the, the first, one of the first things that stand out to me is they've got three decent keepers here. I think most teams at our level would be happy with any any of those three keepers, wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, Vickers did a decent job at Rotherham, and Wildsmith's been a pretty decent goalkeeper. level. And Scott Loach, he's got bags of experience, hasn't he? Yeah. Really? So you know it's it's not a bad set to have there, is it? Um, in midfield. I think Conor Hurrahane stands out, doesn't he? He doesn't Death look like he's going to be fit for this weekend's game, thankfully. But good. I, that's a good player to have at this level, though, isn't it? Yeah, Elliot Embleton's not a bad player from Sunderland as well. Um, yeah, well, you, you know what? I, I, I've got a really good stat for you about a uh, little uh, fact. Sorry about Elliot Embleton. I'm just going to load up from my WhatsApp that someone sent to me this week. Um, Chris Gibson, who runs the um, the Be Just on Fear Not page, sent me this great little bit of trivia. So Elliot Embleton. Um, is the great-grandson of Jimmy Embleton, who played for Crystal Palace in the 1930s. Now, Jimmy's brother was an outside right forward called George Embleton, who is obviously Elliot's great-great-uncle. George Embleton played for Carl United in the ni- late 1930s. Wow. So there you go. Cool. There's a slight Carl United link there. Um, <laughs> can't really find out a huge amount about him, but he did actually play in our biggest ever defeat, the 11-1 defeat to Hull in January uh, 1939. So... Uh, I don't know if that's a good omen or not, but um, but there you go. So there you go. That slight Carl United link between the two teams uh, in, on the, in the uh, derby team. That's the news you get to a Carl United player in the opposition team. Um, in attack, I mean, that's, that's wow, the great yeah. options there. Well, Tyrese John Jules is on loan from Arsenal. Is probably the the one that's you'd argue the weakest or the least experienced. He was yeah. linked with a loan to us, wasn't he? So you know that that shows you. Um, Tom Barkusen, you know he's a Always been a very good player at this level. Yeah. Nathaniel Mendes, Lang, bags of pace and, and quality. Yeah. But I mean, you know, Connor Washington and James Collins, like most teams at this level would have any of those forwards in their team. Definitely. Definitely. Martin Waggon. Yeah, you know. Martin Waggon's the main one that comes stand out, isn't he? Apparently, they weren't really that sure if they were going to sign him in the summer, but he, he had a really good game and a testimonial fixture. And they said, well, actually, let's have a look at you and, and end up yeah. signing him. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, really good options there. Really, really impressive in terms of attack. Defence is probably the area where I don't probably know the players as much. Curtis Nelson's a good old-fashioned centre-back there. Sonny Bradley, yeah. good signing from Luton in the summer. Uh, Kane Wilson, was was he the one? He was the one at Forest Green, wasn't he? Uh, a couple of years ago, I think. He, he went to Bristol City. Uh, I think he, he basically left Bristol City because George Tanner's done so well there. He's not been able to get his place back. So, uh, so there you go. But yeah, I mean... Pfft. We could list off most of the players in the squad, couldn't you know? It, it's it is a very good squad this level, and <clears throat> although at the moment they're currently sitting in twelfth place, I, I'd expect them to be top six come the end of the season. I'd be surprised if they didn't. Well, they have to be because if they don't, if they don't finish top six, it's a failure with the, with their size of their club. I look at Portsmouth, I look at Bolton, and I look at Derby, and I expect all of them to finish in the top six. And if you don't, you've failed. You know, so where they are in in the league at the moment is failing. So, yeah, they've had a slow start. I think it's fair to say they're still very much finding their feet yeah. this season. Paul Warren's a decent manager, though, isn't he? He's done really well at this level with Rotherham before, so you'd imagine he'll get them right up there come the end of the season. Um, right through 
some of the stats now uh, in terms of referees this weekend. Martin Coy from County Durham. It's his seventh season as an EFL referee, having started in 2017. He's taken charge of six games so far this season, hanging out 32 yellow. Sorry. Yeah, 32 yellows and two red cards. I thought that was a typo there. 32 yellows in six games. That's card happy, isn't it? Wow. Um, last season, he handed out 47 yellow cards and three red cards in 17 games. So he must have had an injury last season because he wasn't fit for clearly all of it because he didn't cover that many games. Uh, but the last United game he took charge of was the 2-1 defeat to Newport County in March 2022. And no one was booked that evening. So quite a while ago, that one. Head-to-head wise, it's quite equal, actually. It's the 23rd meeting between the two sides. And United have won eight. Six have been a draw. And the Rams have won eight. So if one team wins, they'll go ahead in the head-to-head in this game. Um Last time out of Derby, they drew 1-1 with, uh, um, I thought Lincoln City, but it's actually Portsmouth. They drew 1-1 with Portsmouth. Uh, they took the lead with four minutes to go through a, a quite a harsh penalty, actually, for a handball. Um, and then later on, uh, the visitors uh, in the dying seconds nicked a equaliser through Colby Bishop. Um, and currently in the last uh, six games form table, they sit seventh with a record of one lost, 1-1, lost, drawn. Um Looking through those results there, I mean, the one that stands out as a bit of a duff result for them is that 2-1 defeat to Oxford United, isn't it, really? And the 2-1 loss to, to Bolton, you can sort of understand it's equalish sort of side, aren't they? But I think they'd have been disappointed to lose 2-1 at home to Oxford, wouldn't they? Especially the team that we saw wasn't that great, was it? No, no, I, I was unimpressed. But the, mm. it seems to have been the, the result that's galvanised them, so... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of seem, people seem to fancy them this season, so yeah, maybe it just goes to show. You just need a result sometimes. Um... Yeah, so I mean, they've, they've comfortably beat Peterborough 4-2 away from home, which is a good result against a decent Peterborough team. So yeah, they're um, yeah do, doing pretty well for themselves. Um, right, time for a play for both. Now, Dan hasn't done one for us this week. He hasn't had the chance to do it, unfortunately. So we'll, we'll just list through a few, really, and we'll let Dan do it later in the season. I'm just going to list through some of the names, and we'll, we'll, we'll maybe talk about a couple of them if you fancy, Greg. Yep. Alf Ackerman first. He's sort of one of those legendary plays you always hear about, isn't it? You know, he, he scored loads of goals wherever he was his career James Bailey not the one from Kendall Town of course you know that's the the running joke at the moment isn't it that um, the lad who scored all the goals from Kendall is called James Bailey it's not the yeah. same one uh, Paul Bowerton he was one of those ones coming through Paul wasn't he who everyone expected big things from and he got that really nasty knee injury early on didn't he in his career yeah yeah he was a good player for us though yeah, he looked, really he looked promising yeah Mark Bridge Wilkins I really liked Mark I was always a big fan of his Just a, it's kind of one of those plays when one when he's sort of gone, you sort of appreciate how good technically he was on the ball, yeah. wasn't he? And how he made his tick in, the, in that second yeah. spell, at least, anyway. Yeah, I wasn't. I, when he was on loan, I think, I mean, he was very young, um, and we were a, a terrible team at that time. Um, but yeah, definitely the second spell, he was brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Um, Willie Carlin, obviously, he's a legendary player in the 70s for the Blues. Uh, Bert Chandler, I think he was a very early days uh, player for us. James Chester was obviously now at Barrow. Um, Jonathan Clark, I think it was on loan to us during the late 80s, if memory serves me right. Uh, Ian Dalziel, you might remember Ian Dalziel more than me because you probably would have been going around about them, would you? Is that when you started? Um, my first match was 1990, so um, and I wasn't regularly going then. It was like 94 when I really started to go a lot more. Yeah. Um, it, was just, it was just odd games at that point. Um, I know the name, but I couldn't tell you how good he is. Yeah. Obviously, Rory Dillap's the obvious one, isn't it? That's the one everyone always remembers. Uh, Valentin uh, Jokash. Yeah, don't, don't remember much about him doing one-game wonder. Um, yeah. 
Danny Graham, who's in the headlines this week, wasn't he? He was out in uh, Milan with the Newcastle fans, enjoying himself. I think, I think it's fair to say Danny's enjoyed himself since he's finished his career, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, he looks like it, yeah. yeah. Good on him, good on him, why yeah. not? Uh, Callum Guy, we obviously mentioned before, Kevin Harper, Stevie Haywood. Stevie Haywood's going to be at the game this weekend. Oh, right. good. Uh, him and Dave McKellar, who's another uh, player play for both teams. Um, he's in there. Dean Holdsworth, the, the, the better of the Holdsworth brothers. Um, Is that name still banned on the channel? Only only the, uh, the the other brother. Okay, okay. So we don't say his name. Dean Dean's fine, although he did the dirty on us, didn't he? In the <laughs> 80s. Um, Billy Hughes, Max Hunt, Richard Keogh, um, Richard Knight. The forgotten goalkeeper from the Jimmy yeah. Glass season. He's another one there. Tom Lawrence, Jack Marriott, Aidan McCaffrey, Dave McKellar, Adam Murray, Donna Reardon, Leon Osman, he, the other club you had a loan spell at. Yeah. Um, Mark Patterson, um, Luke Plange, Paul Simpson, of course, he played for both teams. Jack Stretton, Martin Taylor, the goalkeeper. Paul Furwell, we obviously signed him from Diamond. Yeah. I kind of forget yeah. that sometimes. Uh, Nick Rice. Now, Nick Rice, I don't remember a huge amount about Nick Rice because I wasn't going to games as much then, but you do. Yeah, he was brilliant. Oh, he was fantastic. Yes, great winger. Old school winger. You know, he had that haircut like Ryan Giggs that you associate with a winger. And yeah, uh, yeah, he was brilliant. He was more like a cross between Ryan Giggs and Ray Parler, wasn't it? You know, that curly sort of mop, wasn't it, really? Yeah. Running down the wing. What I remember is I was looking back through some old highlights clips from back then when he was on loan initially, wasn't he? And when he gets subbed off, I think he might have even scored a hat-trick in that game, and they were singing Sign Him Up, weren't they? You don't get that anymore, do you? Which is a real no. shame, because of the because the way the transfer windows... Young ones won't realise today, so the transfer window was different. It used to be all season up until like the, like the third Thursday of March. And what you used to get is when players were on loan for like two or three months, if they'd done really well, your fans would start singing Sign Him Up, Sign Him Up, Sign Him Up, basically, and then hopefully you'd sign him a week later, but you don't don't get that excitement anymore. No. It's a real, real, real shame. And finally, Ozzy Zanzar. I don't think he actually played a game for Derby, but he was on their books as well. Uh, right, let's talk about United then a bit, uh, Greg. I mean, is there much to talk about here? Because for me, I feel like you're just going to stick with the same eleven, surely, for this game. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with the same eleven. I can't see him changing it. No, I mean, the only sort of questions maybe is that in attack, I feel like he's going to stick with those two, you know, alternating them, and Edmonton's a different option on the bench as well at the moment, isn't he, I suppose? But um, in in midfield, I suppose that guy Gibson Moxon midfield from last season is just doing its job right now, isn't it? You know, there's, there's not yeah. really much to change there, I guess. And McCallum's probably going to have to be a little bit patient to get his opportunity. Yeah, I mean, last season I, I thought Alfie was better than than Jordan, but I think Jordan's really stepped up. Um, yeah. he's, he's having a really good season so far. Is he one of those ones, John, where you're looking? Maybe before Christmas, you'd start talking about a new contract with him to tie him down a bit longer if he if he continues this fall. Yeah, potentially, potentially, but um, I would want it to be a little bit longer now. Um, watching him before I, I come to that conclusion. Yeah, you want to basically see if he settles in quite well. Um, yeah. Owen Moxon in there, he's 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 done okay so far, hasn't he? But he's still trying to find his feet a little bit. I feel like when he plays really well. He really dominates the games, but it's not happening quite as much as it did last season, which I suppose maybe you would expect, wouldn't you, because it's a step up. Yeah, and also a lot of people will be aware of him as well. You know, you don't you don't get the assists that he had last season, and then people go, "I oh, will just leave him alone." Um, so um, I think there's an I think there's an element to that, but you know, he's still top goal, well, he's joint top goal scorer. So yeah. he's he's not he's he's getting in them, he's getting in more positions. I think this season he, yeah. he, um, he's getting more shots off. 
Um, I think I think if he sees the full season out, he'll score more goals in the league than he did last season. Mm, so that's a bold shout, that one, Greg, to be fair. Um, interesting, I think someone was telling me the other day that um, they were speaking to an opposition scout and they were saying like that it's one of the things that opposition teams are doing is doubling up on Moxon to make yeah. sure he can't get the ball as easily. So, you know, that, that's probably why Gibson's excelling a bit more this season because he's getting yeah. a bit more chance because we're not they're focusing so much on Moxon. So we've got to use Gibson as much as we can, really, haven't we? Yeah. Um, yeah, in terms of defence, doing its job, isn't it, really? You know, quite happy with them, aren't we? And yeah. Uh, yeah, I think maybe it might come to a point soon where maybe you'd give their wing-backs a little rest because they're, they're going to be working very hard this season and there's going to be a chance maybe for Jack Ellis and for uh, Jack Robinson to show what they can do in a game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I feel I feel a bit sorry for Jack uh, just because he's, you know, he's, he's not even really making the bench. Uh, but mm. I'm sure he'll get his chance. Yeah, I think both. Obviously, Jack Robinson is featuring on there because he gives you a bit of a different yeah. option, doesn't he, on the other side. But yeah, I mean, look, he's, yeah, he's going to get an opportunity at some point. It might come to the point where you, you think, OK, we're quite settled and you send him out on loan to a National League club for a month or something just yeah. to, to get a bit of regular first-team football. You know, there's, there'll be plenty of options out there. So there you go. Subs-wise, we're pretty happy with them, aren't we? I think. Don't mean yeah. to change anything there. Just all no, doing think, job. Yeah, I think they're all doing all right. Yeah, can't yeah. complain. Looking at the next six games, Greg, what, what's your thoughts on them? I mean, after after this one this weekend, it's it's a tough run. The next three, or the next four, actually, if you include the Derby game, it's quite a tough run, isn't it? Obviously, Wickham away next weekend, and then Peterborough at home and Bolton away. That this is really a, where we get tested to show are we capable at this level, aren't we? There, there is, yeah. There's those. There, there two on paper look hard games. We've got, but then we've got Leighton Orient after that, and I feel like we owe them one after last yeah. season so I'm looking forward to seeing what reaction happens uh, seeing how he behaves himself um, that'll be interesting um, then there's the long there's the long trip to Pompey and then we've got is it a six pointer at this stage who knows but yeah. um, that'll be a, that'll be a big match with Burton midweek, midweek home game against Burton as well so it's a bit of a journey for them so hopefully yeah. that'll, that'll even things out a little bit for us but there you go um, right time for match predictions Greg Um in terms of the table, um, I'm on five points, uh, Dan's on four, and Mike is still on zero. <laughs> He's still that's, struggling. That, so that's good that even though I don't take part, I'm doing as well as Mike. So that's, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Good, it's good to know that, isn't it? Yeah. We'll, have to, we'll, we'll, we'll have to double check and go back and check what you actually predicted last time to see if you actually got any points. I don't know if you did actually. No, I don't think I did. Yeah, no. There you go. But um, maybe you can get ahead of Mike this week. We'll have to find out. Um, right, uh, what are you going to go for for this one, Greg? 3-1 to Carlisle United. Ooh. Yeah. That's bold. Yeah, 3-1. Mellish, Moxon and Abladi. Oh, we're going for Big Tezza to get a goal later on. Yeah. Oh, fair dues, fair dues. Okay. Um, I'm going to go 2-1. I'm going to be a little bit more concerned than you. Uh, and I'm going to go for goals from Lavelle. He's going to get one from a corner because he's written close recently. And... Ah, uh, oh, go on. Joe Garner. He'll get one later on. So Lavelle and Garner are my goal scorers. Right, uh, first up, we'll do Dan's predictions for this one. I put a, a tweet out uh, earlier in the week saying that there's a little bit of a Leeds 3-1 vibe about this Saturday. <laughs> you know, a big club coming to Brunton Park. You know, we were starting to pick up form a little bit. Derby, Derby doing all right, you know... It's just got something about it, this game. Big crowd, weather's meant to be a bit better than it has been. Uh, so I'm going to go for a repeat of that Leeds uh, scoreline and 3-1 to Carlisle. 
And I'm going to go for Luke Plange, Callum Guy and Ryan Edmondson to score our goals. Well, at least he's gone for different goal scorers too, yeah? But yeah, yeah. He's, gone, he's, got, he's got the same vibe as you have for this game, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I said at the start, I said I had this feeling. Um, it just feels like that big match again, yeah. Yeah, no, no. Fair days, fair days. Right, here's Mike's prediction that will almost certainly be wrong based on his previous ones. So here we go. I'm going to go for a thrilling game of football and I'm going to go for a 3-2 win with goals from Maguire, Plange and Lavelle. So Mike's managed to cover uh, both me and Dan there, isn't he? I think we've planned with Plange and Lavelle, which is quite annoying, really. But there you go. Uh, right, so well, we've all gone for wins. We're all optimistic. All very much looking forward to it. There you go. Right, uh, okay. It's now time for the final part of the show, which is of course the X Files section. <laughs> Right, uh, not a huge amount in terms of goals this week, is there, um, Greg? It was quite a quiet week in terms of the league yeah. especially, but there's some very interesting FA Cup goals to cover, isn't there? Yes. One in particular that I'm really looking forward to talking about, so uh, there you go. First up, uh, in terms of the league in the Championship, Jack Stacey, he scored the only goal of the game as Norwich City won 1-0 against Stoke City. Uh, into League Two, and Mari Patrick, he scored for Sutton United in their 4-1 defeat, Accrington Stanley. That's their seventh successive loss now. They won mm. 5-1 on the opening day against Notts County, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, and Notts had a, a man sent off, if I remember. And all Notts are near the top now, aren't they? So yeah. it just goes to show, doesn't it? So uh, they're now bottom of League 2 on goal difference between, behind Tranmere Rovers. So the two players who left us this season, summer, who turned down contracts, or two of them, are currently sitting 23rd and 24th in yeah. League 2. Grass isn't always greener, lads, is it? There you mm. go. Um, Stephen Rigg into the FA Cup qualifying here. He scored for Workington, but they lost 3-1 at Darlington and were knocked out in the second qualifying round of the FA Cup. Uh, Manny Man Parler, he scored for Marine as they drew 2-2 and earned a replay at Spennymore Town in the FA Cup qualifying. Uh, Martin Smith, uh, he scored for South Shields. They beat Bishop Auckland 2-0 in the FA Cup qualifying. Saved the best for last there, haven't they, Greg? Yes. Simon Grant, at the grand old age of, what is he, 38 now, I think? I'm just going to double-check that as we're talking here. Um... Let me just Google him. Um, Simon Grand is, yeah, he's in fact, 39. He's a year older than me. He scored a hat-trick for Lancaster City, including an overhead kick in their 4-1 FA Cup qualifying win against Mask United. Amazing. That, that's incredible, isn't it? I want to know what position he was playing in, though. Oh, yeah, it's true, uh, because he played striker for us a few times. We, he was our emergency striker. Because um, if you if you think back to that era, um, when we had like Holmes and Hawley and, and Bridges, he would sometimes come on ahead of Glenn Murray as a <laughs> centre-forward. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just a bit of fun. That's, that's mad, isn't it, when you think yeah. about it? <laughs> I just like, that season's mad. The more you think about it, actually, you know, it's just... Wow, I'm just while we're talking, I'm just putting on the highlights from that game on my uh, YouTube just so I can check in a minute see what number he's wearing in the thing. But while we're doing that, uh, into midweek, Jack Bridge scored a penalty for Southampton United as they beat Maidenhead United two 0 Another game that was disrupted by uh, things being thrown on the pitch this time. Quite wonderfully, the um, in fact, I'm just looking at it. he was wearing number six, Greg. I've just looked at the, the right. lineups are at the start, so he was playing defence. Okay, okay, which is quite remarkable when you think about yeah. it. Um, yeah, so the Southend game was disrupted by the Southend fans throwing plastic rats 
onto the pitch. Rats. Oh, that's that's quite. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's different, isn't it? Really good yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking actually. So the, the lineup for uh, what you call them has come up here as well uh, for Mask United, and uh, Jason Kennedy and uh, Nathan Thomas were both playing for them as well. So there you go, four one defeat for them. Um, onto the other bit, uh, Andy Welsh. He's uh, been sacked as manager yeah. of Berry after three years. Uh, he got them promoted. Well, he got Berry, Berry AFC, AFC promoted, but they are now officially, basically, they've retrospectively made them Berry, basically, yeah. essentially. So a uh, bit of a shame for him because they've, they've spent a lot of money at that level, haven't they? So they were expected to go up and yeah. not quite worked out for them, unfortunately. Um, Brad Potter signed a long-term deal with Preston North End. I think it's a three-year deal with them. So he's, all good stuff for him. I think he had a baby recently as well. So it's all... All coming nicely for Brad. Yeah, going yeah. well. Flying, flying around the Preston. Fair days, yeah. fair days. Uh, James Tavernier was named in the SPFL Team of the Week. And finally, a proper blast from the blast past, Josh Gowling was appointed as the new manager of Darlington uh, in the National League North. Um, apparently, uh, Keith Curl was in for that job as well. Didn't get it though. Wow. So there you go. Josh Gowling got the job. Oh, the mighty have fallen. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't look like he's really in uh, in favour anywhere now. Is he after what happened at Hartlepool? So uh, there you go. Uh, that's it then, Greg. We're all sorted. We're all looking forward to this weekend's game, aren't we? A big crowd. Yeah. yeah. Uh, forward, and Sunday, I'm looking forward to Sunday as well. Yeah, we're all looking forward to seeing what the the Piatics have got to say as well. I've still not got my kit. I didn't manage to get it in the latest uh, sales of them, which is annoying. Which also means I'm going to get that stupid Peter Tyson logo on my sleeve as well when I eventually get it. All right. So that's just a bit frustrating, but there you go. Um, yeah, that's it, Greg. Thanks very much for joining me. No problem. Good stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll be back next week with a uh, review of the Derby game and a preview of the Wicked Wanderers game. And we'll also be talking about what was said at the uh, trust meeting. I know that, that I'm going to have to see whether we can talk about this because it's one of these things we're not supposed to. I'll be really because it's it's confidential, but it's going to be out there by then, I think. So yeah. I think it'll be probably be fine to talk about it but there you go uh yeah just thanks once again to our sponsors london branch and thanks everyone for listening and of course as usual up the blues up the blues I was f***ed up, man. <laughs> <laughs>